Hi, and welcome to the latest SQL Presents Mic Drop podcast. Um, I'm glad you could join us. Uh, today, we're looking at the often complicated relationship between uh, internal comms and external or media relations. Um, and our guest today uh, runs a comms team which uh, straddles both uh, disciplines. Uh, delighted to uh, introduce Alice Shamali, who is the Head of Communications at C2C, the rail operator based in London. Uh, welcome, Alice. Hi, Nick. Hi, everyone. Pleased to be here. Glad you're here as well. Thank you. For, thank you for joining us. Um, Alice, before we kick into the um, main subject, can you give yourself a brief introduction to yourself and your career? Yes, of course. Um, yeah, and thank you again for the invite. Um, so, as you've mentioned, I'm um, I'm currently at C2C, Head of Communications, but sort of back in the day, I, be I began on the dark side. Uh, I was a journalist initially, as a financial journalist for about nine years, which um, which was sparked by a stint of work experience at a well-known red top, which I will not name. Um, but yeah, completely fell in love with um, with the buzz of a newsroom. Um, so that that kind of sparked that that journey. So I went to uni and then joined um, a number of publications after uni. Um, from there, um, went depends on which side of the fence you sit as to which is the dark side. But then jumped over to the other dark side after seeing how um, how journalists got to work with media relations team and work, work with those comms teams, how those those stories were built um, and joined uh, Govia Thameslink Railway, which is the biggest railway operator in the country. So many will, will recognize their brand names so as Southern Thameslink, Gatwick Express and Great Northern. Um, really joined that business to build out uh, a PR function. So it was, was saw real, really good success in that, built out a team, um, which I'm pleased is really, really today, really flourish, flourishing and um, doing really, really well, getting some great stories out there. Um, brilliant team around there. But then an opportunity, as, as these things go in comms, an opportunity appeared that I could not, um, I couldn't turn down. So I joined C2C just over 12 months ago and I lead the comms function here. So I look after internal comms, PR, media, uh, and stakeholder and community engagement. So within that, that role, sort of stepping from very focused on PR at GTR, I've really been able to spread my wings with that, with that wider remit, restructured the team, um, really elevating our comms approach as well. So bolstering what we can deliver, but also building and growing partnerships with our, our local communities, sort of an injection of, of focus and energy. Um, and that's something that I'm really proud of. Um, if anyone follows us on LinkedIn, hopefully you'll have seen a shift over the last uh, year or so. Um, so yeah, so that's that's a bit of a snapshot. Great, that's fantastic, Alice. And um, can you give us a little bit of background about C2C? I think they're owned by Trenitalia, is that right? Um, can you give us a background into the ownership and perhaps a bit about the employee base and who you're trying to communicate with on an internal basis? Sure, so we, are um yeah we're part of Trenitalia which is a huge um as the name suggests Italian um railway organization lots of businesses across Europe um so we're, we're quite a small part of them but we are a, they are a big part of us um so we um so C2C itself runs the railway from Fenchurch Street um in London out to Shoebury Ness which is just beyond Southend for those who are not familiar with that part of the world We've, um, we've got 26 stations along that route, um, just over 700 staff. And that, those teams really span the, well, they span the whole, the whole railway really. We have service delivery, we have our planning teams with people working in fleet. So we have um, lots of people in depots. We've got our HQ, 
Um, so we've got people looking at sort of myself and my team comms. We've also got our asset team, which deals with everything to do with property, finance, HR, the, the whole suite. Um, and it, it's really important to say as well, because of the um, the nature of the way that our railway runs, we're, we're a rather small operator. A lot of our colleagues um, that work at stations, that work at our service delivery centres, that work at HQ, they're also our customers. They're part of our communities because they live on our route. So that link between internal comms, external comms, community engagement is, is really important to us. That's a good point, actually. As, um, given uh, compared to perhaps some of big organisations, global organisations, you are actually having uh, your employees are actually part of that kind of uh, you know, the customer base as well, which um, kind of keeps you on your toes, I guess. Um, how Definitely. much? Um, I think you've already aligned to your. To, uh, you know, talked a bit about your role, but how much alignment is there between uh, internal comms and external uh, in your team? Um, do you have sets or kind of people for those disciplines or does everyone muck in together? How does that work? Well, I think it's fair to say we're a lean team. Um, so multidisciplinary is uh, is the name of the game. But we, we have a variety of experience sort of in rail and beyond, but also seniority. So Ultimately, everyone in the team kind of works across the full stack, which helps to give us some good coverage. But it's also a good experience for the team to sort of understand if there is a particular internal issue that we need to be uh, be sensitively discussing or if there's something external that needs perhaps a media response and a stakeholder response. So that that's just sort of kind of trying to upskill and, and keep those keep those competencies up internally, I guess. Is that? Uh, difficult logistically in terms of you know who does what when on a particular day or do people fight for a particular piece of um, piece of work or how, how does that work oh controversial um <laughs> it 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 can be if there's a lot going on and we've certainly seen some real high volume periods over the last couple of years which i'm sure we'll get to um there there are a couple of i would say natural leans in the team so um we have someone who um, one of the seniors in the team is is more naturally focused on internal comms and, and employee engagement. But then if there was a particular project that had more of a community feel, that may be something that she would lead on. Um, there's someone else in the team who we try to, def as much as you can, we try to kind of define comms leads. So we'll have someone that's a comms lead for our security projects, for example, um, for community. So we try to, as much as you can in the lean team, there's, there's kind of a broad agreement of terms. But you know as well as I do, Nick, that sometimes there's holidays, sometimes people are busy. So there is an element of um, going back to that sort of multidisciplinary approach it does mean that if the um the more natural person who would take on a particular inquiry or project isn't available we've still got the the experience in the team for that to be managed well yeah that makes perfect sense and yeah you're right i guess um life gets in the way sometimes there's no such thing as a perfect demarcation between lines and nor should there be i guess um now railway obviously if you as you've already alluded to alice has been in the public eye last couple of years you you joined at an interesting time for the rail industry obviously um given the uh industrial relations issues that have, have been going ongoing for this last couple of years is it more important that you have a team which can do both yeah, that's a, that's a great point. It, it really it really means that you can ensure that what you're saying is authentic and consistent. It's kind of going back to that point about our colleagues being 
our internal and external stakeholders effectively you the last thing you want to do is have that complete dichotomy between what you're saying you need it you need if you have a, if you have a message that's your message you need to be authentic in, in its delivery um so yeah so definitely that that is a, a real good foundation for us yeah and and those industrial disputes I guess, i'm guessing that um they are pretty hard to communicate internally what well, has been my experience with other clients in the past it's probably easier to send to uh, to kind of put out a press release or a statement to the press about those relations and it is to actually communicate the the kind of real warts and all pieces internally because obviously those employees are very aware of the negotiations yeah. and what you're trying to achieve and both sides of the story and does that make it more difficult to communicate internally it does and look there's no getting away from it this has been so to my point being here just over 12 months I think it was about a month after I after my first day that we had our first strike day so it's been that's been life um since joining C2C um but look I mean we can't we can't shy away from um what's going on I think the the worst approach in industrial action would be for us to say nothing internally especially and externally um fundamentally you need to balance transparency trust managing employee concerns so that's being quite open to taking questions whether you can answer them straight away or you have to go away having that facility for people to raise concerns is really important um, when we're working through the these kind of big industry but also localized issues you just need to have a strategic and, and quite a thoughtful approach industrial relations and and the, the, dis, the current dispute is a particularly challenging one because there is a divide in employee perspectives and that's not frontline HQ that's across the whole business everyone is totally entitled to their own opinion so talking about this sensitively is actually really really vital to hopefully coming to a resolution that that is um, that is suitable for everyone um, but you can't escape the fact that strike days creates additional pressure for our operational teams but then it just comes back to the fact that everyone has the right to make their own decisions. We have to respect that as an employer. So respect and understanding kind of underpins our approach, our tone in everything internally, um, because in, it, it, we're inextricably linked to staff morale when we're talking about this very sensitive subject. I think it's quite important to note that this industry has been through a period of real challenge and change over the last couple of years. Um, we've kind of gone from our frontline workers being key workers, supporting key workers, uh, applauded in the streets, part of that community during COVID. And now due to the, the backdrop of industrial action, the perception of railway workers as a community has actually shifted. So the comms narrative certainly externally has shifted as well. So we have to be quite mindful of that when we're, we're looking at tone and how we, how we talk about things internally and externally. That's really interesting, Alice. Um... And from my experience of working with rail companies, we've worked with a number over the years, the people working in the rail industry are really passionate about this this industry, uh, more so than many other industries. And really everything they they hear about from the comms team, they will dissect and they will have their own opinion on. So it's quite a tough task. But um, you're right, it's that, it's that balance, isn't it, between um, just kind of uh, just having your external points, but actually being really sensitive to their, their internal thoughts as well so um yeah. a real challenge ongoing challenge um your your point nick about everything being analyzed as well it, it's so accurate because some you can say something and you can phrase it in a certain way 
and then one person will read it in a in a particular way and some and then someone else will, will take issue or will take concern to it so tone is so so important um especially for something that is such a sensitive subject I guess the positive thing in that respect is that people are at least reading what you communicate. Look, <laughs> so, we, that's we a win for internal comms, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's not a wallpaper, is it? It's something people are actually reading, which is which is fantastic. Can I change the subject slightly? Um, when it comes to internal and external communications, mm. is there budget equality? So I think that there is probably there is probably that perception but it's really key that decision makers budget makers uh annual business plan time when that comes around that there is a real recognition um and someone fighting the fight for investing in internal comms and engagement um nick we, we've talked about this before but engaging employees fostering that positive culture and ensuring that we've got a unified messaging framework is really important to overall success and reputation of the business they're fundamentals so ensuring that you've got sufficient resources for internal comms i i really do see is just essential to achieving those goals um as from a c2c perspective we work really closely with hr um to ensure that we've got um a, a roadmap of internal engagement opportunities throughout the year that surprise and delight um that people want to be involved with we have things like competitions we have our annual awards but we've also got various touch points throughout the year that allow peers and managers to recognize when a colleague goes above and beyond now in isolation these are quite these are oh okay that's quite nice but as a program of work these really snowball and and they help to drive that colleague engagement advocacy as a long-term piece they're not just tick box exercises, they have tangible value. So yeah, I definitely agree that, that comms professionals need to make sure they're fighting to get a, a healthy internal comms budget in their uh, in their budgets for, for the coming years. <laughs> Excellent. Um, kind of related to that, I mean, there is, an, there is a ongoing debate about whether internal and external needs to be kind of aligned and blurred, or whether internal comms actually is a specific specialist subject that actually should be a standalone and people need specific skills for. Where do you stand on that? It's a really interesting question. I think it would probably vary business to business. I certainly see that, I mean, internal comms as, a, as its own entity is an incredibly important part of what we what we do. I think it would depend business to business, partially because of headcounts. And I'm speaking from someone that that, that leads, leads a small team. So I do see the value of there being crossover between working across internal and external. Um, that's not to say that having experts that can really drive, um, coming back to that employee engagement piece, experts that can really drive and, and, and bring strong back into to support employees and champion we need to do this in this way because this is the this is the way that we want to communicate or the, i i know this because x sometimes having that expert voice in the room would maybe shift things slightly in certain businesses um i think being being a fairly practical person from my perspective in my team it works quite well having crossover um and ensuring that we've got that consistency um not least because I think every comms professional out there has seen some things that are intended to be internal 
end up external. So there is um, there needs to be that understanding that that's that's always a risk, but also an understanding that if you are sharing something externally or internally, then the opposite audience needs to. There, there, there can't be an issue with the the uh, the other audience seeing that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right. The word keyword there is consistency. As long as the messages are consistent, and yeah. not sure that matters too much about whether internal comms sits on that side of the office and external comms the other side. It's more yeah. about a team approach and consistency of of approach. Um, yeah. A final question, which is probably quite cheeky, and we'll put you on the spot. Um, what, <laughs> what's a more interesting career internal comms or external comms what's more fun employee comms or talking to the media or indeed is journalism uh, the dark side more fun than either oh gosh nick I, look we know the podcast um i i think that certainly from from where i'm speaking to you from at the moment the internal comms challenge let's be really frank is huge but I quite like a challenge so being able to drive a program of of comms that is really designed to get get that colleague engagement up ensure that we're supporting colleagues when they need it most times the times are tough at the moment and cost of living is is impacting people across the country our colleagues are no exception to that so trying to be trying to be flexible trying to be respectful and trying to be quite creative on how we can support colleagues through comms with our sort of with that link to our HR team is actually something that's really quite exciting because I think we're going to see I mean we annual employee surveys I think everyone in in rail that's running those this year is expecting the worst but looking to next year, I see we've got a real opportunity once we get through this dispute to, to really see some improvement because there is a huge amount of work going on behind the scenes to to support colleagues. We just need to make sure that we're telling them in the best way. Very diplomatic and honest. Thank, thank you. you. Um, <laughs> that's great. Um, Alice, thank you for your time today. It's been really interesting to hear from you and, and good luck with the uh, industrial relations and, and your career as a whole. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. Great to see you.